All right. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Everybody good? Wow, we got a full house. Everybody's safe in. Everybody's not drowning in the water, right? All the rain. I mean, come on. I know down on Pea Ridge. Who's from Pea Ridge? Anybody Pea Ridge? I know there's a couple Pea Ridge people in here. You got a lot of water down Pea Ridge. I have my boy back there, Pea Ridge, it up. All right. So, I want to I want to talk about um some first of all, before we get started, I just want to have a a poll. Anybody done a poll before? Anybody taken any polls? Any any uh you voted for anything lately? Okay. So just just a show of hands as we go through the next few slides. I, I just want to talk about your favorite childhood outdoor game. Okay, so think with me. And when I show it, I, I just need you to either get crazy or raise your hand really loud. Do something uh just to tell me that it's your favorite. All right, ready? Everybody ready? Red Rover. Red Rover. Wow, this that is definitely an old game. I'm showing my age. Red Rover for those those in the back. Okay, just maybe just show who's ever played Red Rover. Okay. Okay, most of us played. Okay. Okay. This is not your favorite. Okay. Duck Duck Goose. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody somebody right there give that guy something. Hopscotch. Any girls in the house hopscotching it up? No. Wow. No, no girls for hopscotch. It's not your favorite, favorite game. I hope I, hope I don't miss your favorite game tonight because I only got a few, right? Musical chairs. Anybody musical chair fans? Wow. I'm impressed. Maybe we should do musical chairs tonight or something. Next time, maybe. All right. Ring around the rosy. Okay, that was like one, and it's definitely pretty cool. Ring around the rosy. Any any other games that I missed? Any other games? Whoa! Who said who's all time favorite hide and seek? Put that up for me. Hide and seek. Who's all time favorite hide and seek? That's like almost everybody in the building. Give it up for hide and seek real quick. Woo! Who loves hide and seek? Yeah, I love hide and seek. So guess what I'm gonna be talking about tonight. I got you. It's not hopscotch. And sorry, not duck, duck, goose. It's hide and seek. Hide and seek. Set y'all up. So I just need to know this, too. Second poll. Ready? How many has played hide and seek in the last five years? Okay, 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 okay. My spidey senses is getting all the data in. Okay, that's most everybody. Everybody take that, take that down, okay? In the last three years, how many have played hide-and-seek in the last three years? Just want a show of hands. Okay, we're losing a few people. Losing a few people. That tells me these guys in the front are too cool for hide-and-seek. Okay. All right, in the last year, in the last year, you've played hide-and-seek. Okay, all right, all right. I'm just seeing a trend here. Most girls love to play hide-and-seek. Okay, anyway. How many has played hide-and-seek in the last six months? Woo! Okay, most of all the girls, yes. Most all the girls have played, and a few guys. How many has played hide-and-seek in the last month? Again, mostly girls. <laughs> I'm losing you over here. I'm losing you guys. I'm losing you. All right, okay, just do me this favor. Who's played Hide and seek in the last year, in the last week, excuse me, last week. In the last week. 
Justin Anthony. That's what I'm talking about. Give it up for Justin Anthony, everybody. One, one last time, hide and seek in, in, one more time in the last week. Who's played it? Just one, two, three, four, five, six. Thank you, Brennan. Brennan, you're, you're an honest man. Your daddy's raising your right, son. That's what I'm talking to you. Because all these dudes, they need to humble themselves. All right, go. All right. So let's get into the word. Hebrews 11.6 says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, somebody say it, seek him. Let me ask you this. Are you a, who, who thinks you're best at hiding, first of all, in the, in the hide and seek game? Hide, hide and seek. You're best at hiding. Wow, I'm impressed. Most of you think you're, so then the other hand, you, you think you're good at seeking. Show your hands if you're good at seeking. Some of you are just not good at hide and seek at all, okay? Just show me real quick, who, who thinks you're the best at seeking in the, in the game of hide and seek? Really, go, put your hands up. You're the best. Okay, okay, cool. All right. So I, I want to challenge you tonight with these questions, okay? So if you're taking some notes, I want you, I want you to think about this. Are you really seeking the Lord? Are you really seeking the Lord? He's not hiding, by the way, okay? He can be found. We'll get there. Are you diligently seeking him for every decision of your life? Think about those questions. Genesis chapter number three, uh, I'm just going to give you a paraphrase uh, before I get into the, the next scripture, okay? It, the serpent at this point, so who knows who the serpent is? The devil, that's what y'all were supposed to say, the devil, Satan, right? Satan had set out to deceive who? Eve. Remember, who, who knows their Bible stories? Adam and Eve. Do I need to tell the story again? So everybody remembers Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, show of hands, Adam and Eve. Okay, all right, all right, here we go. We're on Adam and Eve right now. And Satan is trying to come against Eve to do what? Deceive her to do what? To what, she, what? What she can't do. Eat the fruit. Thank you very much. Okay, now we are all there together. And most of you know the story. And, and God instructed Adam and Eve not to eat, the, eat of the tree of the middle of the garden, which is known as the tree of the knowledge of good and... Okay, so y'all do know your Bible. Okay, you just don't want to communicate with me. All right. Satan lies to Eve and convinces her... That what God said was not true. Everybody agree with that? He deceives her. She then gives some to Adam and he ate it too. And suddenly their eyes were open and they felt shame because they realized they were naked, right? And then they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves. And then we pick up in Genesis 3, chapter, or verse, or chapter 3, verse number 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. And so they what? hid from the Lord, God among the trees. They hid from him. Who thinks you can hide from God? Okay, good. Glad, glad we got that. But they thought they could. So they hid from the Lord, and then the Lord God called to the men, Where are you? Adam, where are you? Because we've been meeting here every day, and you didn't show up today. Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. This is the age-old story of our past and where we come from. This 
is our history. Adam and Eve were created by God for communion, our conversation with Him, His most prized creation. Their purpose was to dress and keep the garden, name all the animals, be fruitful and multiply, and have fellowship with Jesus. Be with Him. Be in His presence. One day God is walking along looking for His most prized creation, wanting to have fellowship with them, and they are found what? Hiding. Hiding. Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Jordan? Where are you, Christian? JJ, where are you? Brennan, where are you? Elijah, I'm going to call you out. Where are you? Let me get some girls over here. Sorry, guys. Y'all are just getting beat up tonight. Now I'm drawing blanks on all the names. Sam, where are you? I know that one. Where are you at? And so they're hiding. Get this picture in your head. They're hiding from God like they could, as if they could hide from the Lord. It occurred to me that this is the current representation of the heart of many Christians today. God's presence is waiting and watching to fill your life for His glory, yet we're hiding. We're hiding. We're hiding in our sin. We're hiding in our shame. We're hiding in our insecurities. We're hiding behind things that we don't need to be hiding from or behind. Satan has convinced us that we aren't good enough, and our sin holds us hostage to a life God never intended for you to live. If it's your first night, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't always preach this intense, but I am tonight. Sorry. Jordan. The word says that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to save that which was lost. He came to redeem us from our sin. How many has been redeemed by Jesus' blood? Just show of hands. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. The word says in Acts 2.21, But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Many of you have done just that and called upon God's name. What baffles me is, this is what's so crazy to me when you sit here and you think about it, is that many teenagers grow up in church, and as soon as high school is over, or maybe just before, they never come back. Or it might be later in life. They never come back. Think about that. Your friends that you knew, you've seen it here before. I've seen it. We've been doing youth ministry for a long time. I've been watching it. I see them one day, and then they're gone the next. And in the blink of an eye, it's like this. They're gone. Away from the presence of God. Away from God's church, away from the people that really love them. And I got to wonder, what are they, where are they going? They want nothing to do with Jesus. One statistic I read said 70 to 75% of Christian youth leave the church right after high school. So why are they leaving? Some think church is irrelevant. Others out on their own for the first time are attracted by all the world has to offer and put God on the back burner. Yet many leave because they've come to doubt Christianity. And I got to wonder, why? What are they hiding from? I mean, they hear the word, they hear the worship, and they come and they cry at an altar and they give their life to Christ, but yet there's no substance. 
There's no meat. There's no relationship. There's no communion with Jesus on a day. Where are you? Where are you? In 2018, the Barna Research Group, is a, it's a Christian research group, performed a research study on Generation Z. That's the ages of 13 18. If you're between the ages of 13 and 18, go ahead and say, Woo! Okay, most everybody in here, right? I, I did that on purpose. This is what your generation is saying. Think about this. This may not necessarily be you or, or the, bulk, the bulk of you, but think about this, okay? Students in this age group offer the following barriers to faith. Barriers to faith is what they call it. 29%. Now listen, if you're taking notes and you're writing percentages down, they're not going to equal 100, okay? This is just a statistic, okay? All right, so don't, don't try to do my, the mathematics on this, okay? 29% say this, I have, I have a hard time believing that a good God would allow so much evil or suffering in the world. I wonder where they heard that from. 23% say Christians are hypocrites. 20% says I believe science refutes too much of the Bible. 19% I don't believe in fairy tales. 15% says there are too much injustices in the history of Christianity. 12% say, I used to go to church, but it's not important to me anymore. And 6% say, I had a bad experience at the church with a Christian. I've got to tell you, I'm not okay with these statistics. I'm not okay with that. Because i got to sit here and ask you, was it because... Was it because you weren't really laying it down? Or was it an excuse that you're hiding behind? Because all I heard was it right there, excuses that the world has come up with, that Satan has deceived you with. Satan has given you and said, look at this. God didn't really, God didn't really mean that. And he, de- he deceives you into unbelief that Jesus didn't die on a cross for you. I know y'all all freaked out because I brought the cross in here. Y'all might need to run to it tonight. I need to run to it. We all need to run to it. Because these statistics ought to scare you. That's your generation. Think about it a minute. Your generation is saying, I don't want nothing to do with Christianity or Jesus. It's it's fairy tales. That's scary to think when the reality is there's a heaven and there's a hell. Help me, Lord. I'm really sick and tired of watching young people and young men and women come to our youth services, cry in the presence of the Lord, give their lives to Jesus at youth camp, but walk out the door with no real relationship with him. These barriers of faith are lies from the enemy that your generation wants to believe, that the enemy is telling them, and he can get you to hide behind the unbelief. He knows he's got you. Young person, I plead with you tonight, we must seek the Lord. We must quit hiding behind the barriers and the excuses and the things that tell us that we can't really live for God because we're, you know, we've got this or that. And I'm right. You know what? Jesus died on a cross for that stuff. And you can be set free tonight. Really set free. And you really can live a life for Jesus. You really can. You can do it. 
Satan is trying to take you out, and that's what you need to recognize. He is after your soul, and he will stop at nothing to get you. He wants nothing more than to fill your life with shame and guilt. He wants you to continue hiding. Hide. Hide and run from God because you know what? You won't get in his presence. You won't read his word. And if he can get you doing that, if he can get you to hide behind the fig leaves and behind the trees away from him, he knows he's got you. He wants you to keep seeking after the pleasures of this life instead of a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't want you to really have a relationship with God. He doesn't want you to really diligently seek the Lord. But God is looking for a generation that will seek Him. He wants you to look for Him. Look for Him, really, look for Him. He wants a generation that longs to be in his presence. I'm not saying have it all together. I'm not saying understand the Bible full and through and through just yet. I'm not saying any of that. But a generation who would humble themselves and say, I won't hide in my sin any longer or my excuses any longer. I won't let my fears and my failures hold me back from growing closer to God. You know, at one point in my life when I was growing up, and I grew up in, a, in, a, in a, uh, a home that was broken. My grandma took me to church, and thank God I had a grandma that would take me to church. Because even though my dad wasn't in church all of his life, he knew the truth. And I thought to myself at one point, you know, I'm going to really, really, you know, get to know the Lord when my dad gets saved. I mean, I'm going to go to church every Sunday and do what my grandma wants me to do. But you know what? I had that thought pass through my mind one time. And I don't know why I remember it so vividly. But I remember saying, when my dad gets saved, everything will be better. My father figure, who I love so much, he was off working all the time. And I'm not trying to bash my dad, so don't think it's the wrong, take this the wrong way. But what I'm trying to tell you is, we get this thought in our head and we make an excuse of why we're not really looking for Jesus. While we're really not seeking after him, to know him. See, he wants to know you. He wants to get to know in, in your daily, daily walk what you're thinking. And he wants you to ask him about your thoughts and your decisions. You can't rely on other people to live for God for you. You have to seek a relationship with him daily. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is Jesus. This is our, our Heavenly Father. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me. Somebody say, seek me. Find and find me. When you search for me with your whole heart. See, the Lord wants you to seek him with your whole heart. But we're so guilty, all of us, including myself. We get in a little spot in our lives where we're not really, we're just kind of going through the motions. And because mom and daddy says we're coming to church, we come to church. And we sit there on the pew and we, you know, we, 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 we talk about Jesus a little bit here and there, but we really don't go... Hard after the cross and what it really means to us. 
We don't really lay down our, re- our life, really. Like, reality check, I'm, I'm 15, and you know what? I've, I've got my whole life ahead of me, and you know what? Am I, am I really serving Jesus? I'm 16. I don't know what I want to do with my life, but you know what? Is Jesus going to be a part of it? You need to quit hiding and start seeking. And seek him with your, all your heart. You don't have to know everything about the Bible right now or even understand it all or even how to pray. But you can learn and you can seek him. God is looking for some young people and, and women who would quit hiding behind sin, their excuses, their insecurities, their shame, and search for the Lord while he may be found. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Young person, are you seeking the Lord tonight? Passion Youth Ministry is your desire to please and glorify God in all that you do. Or have you come to a place where you're just going through the motions of church and you come here because somebody brought you and said you got to come? Your friends are here, so you just come hang out. Jesus longs for a walk in the garden of your life, not just a once in a while thing. He wants a daily conversation and communion with you. You know, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I see a lot of people wear crosses around their neck, maybe on their bracelets. And that's all great, and I, I love to see the cross, the symbol of Jesus dying for our sin everywhere. But a lot of people have tethered the cross to their body, but they haven't tethered their body to the cross. Come on, you've tied a cross around your arm or your wrist or your neck, and you know what, I'm a Christian, and you call yourself a Christian, but then have you really got, at the end of the day, are you really living to be Christ-like? I don't want to just wear this around my neck to boast that, oh, I'm a Christian, and have this nice jewelry of a cross, I want to be tethered to it. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your own soul? You need to tether your life to the cross and never look back. Too many of us in here are hiding, and it's a game to us. And we have these thoughts that the enemy have told us that we believe. Y'all can dim the lights real quick, guys. I'm about to get ready to do altar call. We've hidden behind all the stuff the enemy has told us. And we come and we go through the motions. We do our thing and maybe sometimes we come get broken at an altar. And we pray and we come confess our sin to one of the youth leaders. We go home and we struggle. And we struggle and we struggle and we struggle. 
And you know what? A lot of people don't win the struggle. Because it's not going to be perfect when you lay down your life for Christ. It's not always going to be a bed of roses, okay? There's going to be tough, tough times. The cross was a, was a thing of agony. Think about it. He said, take up your cross. It's a, it's a cross of suffering. He died on the cross. But that cross is a symbol of something greater than that, that he rose again and that there's life. And he wants to give you life more abundantly. But here we are, we tether it to our body, but we don't tether our body to the cross. We tie it around our neck, but we don't link up with Jesus. Got it hanging around our neck. We're not linked up with him. We're not secured. We're not anchored to the only thing that can anchor us. I was going to tie this around my body, but y'all get the analogy. Colossians 3 and 3 says this, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, when you seek the Lord, you can hide yourself under the shadow of his wings. You can still play hide and seek. You can still be a good hider, but stop hiding behind the wrong things. I said everybody would stand. I want all the, all the youth leaders, girls, guys, please come on up. This is what we're going to do tonight. They're going to play a couple MP3s. But listen, I, I'm, 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 look, I fought the devil all week about this. You don't know. Because I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of coming through. I see your faces. And, dude, we love you. Girl, we love you. And it's not about us. It's about Jesus and his cross. And it's about your soul. Your soul. And here's the thing. If you're struggling through something, you need to run. Run to a youth leader. Not that they anybody. But they can hold you accountable because that's what the body of Christ is for. Guys, we got to get tethered to the cross and his body. We got to get linked up with Jesus. Because you know what? The world, Satan, sin, all of that is coming to get you. And you got you to get, get real. You have to have a reality check. Reality is here. There's an eternal destiny for you, and tonight may be it. So I ask you to pray, and I ask you to come. If you need to confess anything, if you need to just pray about something, it may be you haven't been reading your Bible or praying. Y'all can turn that music on up a little bit. I'm almost finished. I want you to pray. I want you to really tether yourself to the cross. I really want you to lay it down tonight. Come, please come.